Joining us on Radio Bypass today is a powerhouse vocalist. You may know him from his work with Grand Prix or Michael Shanker and now Black Swan. I am pleased to introduce Robin McCauley. How are you, Robin? Good morning, Ralph. Good morning, Radio Bypass. It's a great pleasure. Talk to you in Chicago. How are you? We are doing okay, given uh, everything going on with COVID-19. We're surviving. I know, right? It's like a Secret Service uh, code, isn't it? COVID-19. <laughs> I feel like I'm going on a mission or something. <laughs> it does. You're right. That is but how I guess, it sounds. But I guess it is a mission of sorts, isn't it? Really? Yes. Yes, it is. The mission is right to not get mission. this virus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, stay safe, everybody. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and do, and do as you're told. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And don't hoard the toilet paper, folks. I was oh, saying this last God. week. Let people Good that God. really need it have access to it. The, I swear to God. The empty store yeah. shelves in my area are just killing me. No toilet paper, no hand sanitizer, no rubbing alcohol. I mean, come on. Hey, wait till people who bought those uh, vast gallons of milk, wait, wait till they uh, hit the expiration date. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. A, that's another thing that blew my mind. Get a grip. Why, really? why would you yeah. hoard milk? It has a pretty limited shelf life. I, I, I don't <laughs> understand yeah yeah it's not like it's not like baby food you know it's it's fresh milk it's like it it will expire yes. and you can't freeze it that's, that's right <laughs> yeah. that's right you can't freeze it anyway yeah oh, well, well we well, could we could do a whole show on that couldn't we we could we could um and and probably should maybe but uh but right now let's just try to forget our misery that we're all in we're all in this together but rock let's, and roll but let's rock baby <laughs> exactly so Obviously, there's lots of things to talk to you about, Robin, because you've done a lot of things. But right now, the latest thing is Black Swan and a great album that was released in February called Shake the World. And I know um, uh, Jeff Pilsen helped bring this all together. But tell us, how did how did Black Swan come together? Um, it came very simply from a call from Jeff uh, via the record label Frontiers Music. Um, they had actually, uh, Serafino had actually contacted me personally uh, about two years ago. And uh, he said, hey, you know, I'd love to have you on the label. Um, you're probably one of the few people that's not on the label. And I said, it's okay, I'm not taking it personally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, um, I was very busy with Schenkerfest. Um, I also am part of a, a classic rock show out of Las Vegas called Rating the Rock Falls that we're now going into our seventh year with almost almost 1,500 shows performed. Congratulations um, in, on that. Yeah, thank you. We're in lockdown with that also right now, of course, because uh, as of midnight last night, the governor of Nevada actually shut down Vegas for the next 30 days. So some of my uh, cast members are telling me this morning it is a, it's a veritable ghost town, you know, which is so unusual for Vegas. Sure. But anyway... Um, so I, we put it, Serafino and I, we put the, the, the kind of the solo thing on hiatus. And about a year ago, um, not even, Jeff called me. And Jeff and I go back a very long way. Jeff, actually, October of this year, Jeff, Jeff and I will, Jeff was my best man at my wedding. Oh, nice. 27 years ago this October. So same wife. <laughs> Great. Happy anniversary <laughs> almost. Thank you. And um, he also... Uh, played on the very last studio album for uh, Macaulay Shanker and, and James Kotak, 
uh, funnily enough, was the drummer on that also. So Jeff put it to me and he goes, hey, Serafino, call me. Um, they really want to want me to put a project together. I just got off the road, uh, Foreigner and Whitesnake. And of course, he said, you know, Rev, Rev and I, Rev Beach, that is, um, worked together with a, a Dawkins record some years back. And Reb is totally up for it, provided, you know, we get to write Right. And he goes, you were my first call. I, w- I want you to do this. Please tell me you'll do it. And, and I said, but you're playing bass, right? And he goes, no, I don't want to play bass. I'll, I'll be more on the, uh, on the production front and I'll get involved with the songwriting, but I don't want to play bass. And I went, well, that's a deal breaker right there. <laughs> um, so, you know, we started writing, not knowing where it would go. I, I remember asking him one time, what do they want? And he said, well, you know, classic rock, so that's kind of their ballpark. Um, even though they're opening the doors to much a much broader uh, genre now, right? But, you know, for for us, they wanted a classic rock record. I, I started laughing and I'm going, well, you know, whatever. Um, and we started writing, um, not really knowing or discussing anything, Ralph. Really about you know, let's do it like this or that or. Right. Um, and, and, and Red lives in, in, in uh, Pittsburgh, so, uh, and Jeff and Matt Starr and myself, we live within kind of a 40-minute radius of each other here in L.A. And so uh, Red came out to Jeff's studio, and they started working on some stuff. They sent me an idea so that we could get this thing rolling. And uh, scheduling was a real bitch because, you know, we're crazy busy. He's on the road all of the time with Whitesnake, and if not Whitesnake, Winger. Right. And Jeff is constantly out with Foreigner. Matt's got Mr. Big and Ace Freely, and um, I'm five nights a week in Vegas, so we're going, well, this should be a lot of fun if we ever get it done. Right. So, <laughs> um, anyway, long story endless, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I started working on a melody and a lyric. I came to the studio, Rep was in town, and I said, you want to hear what I got? He goes, yeah, dude, come on, let's get this going. So I started singing this melody and lyric in it title was called Big Disaster. He stops playing and he goes, really, dude? This is the first thing we've ever worked on together and you come in here calling it Big Disaster? He goes, how is that ever going, how is that ever going to fly? And I, we, you know, we just laughed and we went, yep, that's kind of where this is going, you know? Right. Um, and we never really discussed anything at all after that. We went, this is going to be great. This, this sounds great. It's, 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 got a, it's heavy. It's, it's melodic. It's got all of this stuff, you know, that falls under the, the moniker of classic rock, but it's, it's a little bit different. And, you know, we, I suppose we discussed that we didn't want it to be Winger, Whitesnake, MSG or Dokken, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 it's going to have little bits of everything because of simply because of where we come from, but yeah, we didn't want it to be identifiable as any of the above. So we started going um, and they would send me the music. Jeff and, and, and Reb together would start, you know, woodshedding and they'd send me ideas as fast as they could get together and do it. Um, scheduling really was difficult, um, but Jeff would constantly send me his calendar dates and uh, typically Thursday, Fridays are my only days home with my family in L.A., so that's a sacrifice right there because sure. I, I love being home with the family, you know. Right. And I had twin boys, albeit they actually, um, quick aside, they, they turned 21 
on Valentine's Day, which was also the release of Black Swan's uh, Shake the World. So it was like a, a big celebration. Wow, that's um, cool. Yeah, I know, right? And, and your one son uh, sang some it, background I didn't vocals. I like that. It was purely, I'm sorry? I, I was saying, and your one son sang some background vocals on the Black yeah, Swan, too. Yeah, my son too. Casey, who's a, who's, a, who's a really great little guitar player. Um, little, he's like six foot two. Um, <laughs> and he wanted to come to the studio when we were recording, and he was like, hankering to play some rhythm guitars. He goes, do you think Jeff would let me play some rhythms? And I went, well, just come with me to the studio. Right. So he came out and, and uh, I was cutting a vocal on something. And I said to Jeff, I said, you know, Casey could join me on some backups because he's got a really, he's got a great high, high voice, you know? Mm-hmm. And Jeff goes, sure, put him in there. So he comes in and I kind of stepped away and he goes, Holy shit, he's breaking every glass in the studio, you know? <laughs> and uh, I think we put him on like four tracks or something, and he got his feet wet, and he was having a blast and, and a little nervous. But, but um, yeah, he's on about four songs. So Big Disaster was written. It was the very first song we wrote for, for the album, uh, which didn't have a band name at the time. It didn't have a title. And we sort of, whenever we could, and as fast as we could, you know, there, there were some deadlines, some some we weren't able to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, Rev and I beat up Jeff and we went, dude, you're, you're playing bass on this and that's all that's to it. You know, he had a bunch of bass players lined up and we were going, yeah, whatever, you know, because in, in the writing process, he programmed a drum machine for the purpose of getting the song idea down. Sure. Um, and then he would lay down a guide bass, which... If you heard Jeff, Jeff Pilsen play, it's never a guide bass. It's the real deal, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And so I went, so dude, let, let me get this straight. You're going to bring another bass player in here and you're going to show him everything that you did and then he's going to re-record it. <laughs> and he went, I know where you guys are going with this. but And so he relented and played bass and it was the right thing to do. And, and he's phenomenal. His production on this record is just, it's, it's great. It's so powerful but so fresh sounding. And that, that's kind of all we ever discussed, that we would do something that was just going to hit you in the face and people would go, wow, this really caught me by surprise. And that's kind of what we were hoping would happen. Right. Um, uh, although it did take us by surprise just how many people actually liked the record. And, and, and that's an absolute wonderful thing. If you had told me, you know, at the last MSG record that I'd be making something like this, I'd have gone, yeah, dude, keep drinking the coffee, you know, <laughs> um, you know, but, but here we are. And, uh, I think shake the world moving, moving forward, I think was probably about the last song that we worked on and they sent me the music and it scared the hell out of me because I went, what am I going to do with this? And I worked on it and came up with the title came back to Jeff and typically for the writing process, I would get together with Jeff. I would sing down what I have lyrically, melody wise and we would tweak a word here a line there just to get the best out of the song the collaboration was was real easy very productive and when i came into him would shake the world he goes this is has to be the album title this is just this is just too good not to use it and ironically and it really is ironic that once i started writing lyrics jeff was going this is there's a theme here somewhere and we seem to be very conscious each of us of of you know world order right and what's going on and there's there's a hint of this and that nothing political because i'm not interested in that 
you know, there's enough people, I won't use the expletive, but there's enough people messing that up right now. Sure. Um, good, bad, or indifferent, you know. Um, I always believe there's a reason for everything, and one day we may see it or we may not. Right. So the album really took shape. Um, the record company heard it, what we had, and they were going, well, we knew we'd get a good record and some decent songs, but this whole thing sounds terrific. And um, then we needed a name. And I believe, and I always thought Rev came up with the name, but I believe Kip Winger actually mentioned Black Swan to Rev. And then Rev introduced it to me and Jeff. And, and I went, well, it's great, except for the movie and right. the book and all of that other stuff. How are we going to get away with that? So the label did some research, and lo and behold, um, the name was not taken. There was a there was a school, a brass band many years ago that had the name mm-hmm. Black Swan or something, and it just it, it never did anything, and the name was up for grabs. And uh, we were able to take it. We loved it. We loved the artwork, and you know we were cooking with gas, and off we went. And um, the rest is uh, is pretty cool, and we're very happy with it. Um, the reactions are uh, just completely sideswiped us. We're, we're, we're stoked. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad I'm not the only one telling you how great this is. <laughs> well, I know I know it's a, a, a self-serving here, but it's, it's, it's exciting for me um, to think that I've actually made a record like this at my, at my stage in life. Um, you know, sure. I should be out pruning, pruning roses or something, but, um, um, you know, it's, uh, I still love what I do. Uh, and, and, um, I want it to be good. And, and, you know, the first time frontiers came to me, um, I wasn't overly excited because they kind of wanted more of the same. and I wasn't really interested too much mm-hmm. in more of the same. And while this is classic rock, it's got an edge to it that, that, uh, makes me happy. Plus I'm writing with people that, that I know and, and love very much. And as opposed to writing with in-house people and in-house producers who really don't know enough, you know, I want to work right. with somebody who knows what I do and, and, and that collectively we can, uh, we can make what all four of us do work for us. And, and, and then you get what we're about as opposed to what somebody else thinks that you're about, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that was really important. And Matt Starr actually, it was kind of asked backwards regarding the drums because, as I said earlier, Jeff would put the uh, he would he would program everything to a drum machine for the purpose of getting arrangements down. Right. So the record was we had written everything, and we needed a drummer. And we again, like bass players, Jeff had a bunch of names, whom over the time it took us to actually put the whole thing together, those drummers were no longer available, basically. And the label said, how about Matt Starr? And I had actually worked with Matt uh, at the Vegas show. He's one of our sub-drummers. Right. And I did some work with him over Christmas. There's a, there's a couple of tracks that we did for a sort of a Christmas record. So we got to do that over Christmas. And I said to Jeff, Matt's phenomenal. And what a lot of people don't know is Matt's also a, an amazing singer. He has a great, he's, he's a great vocalist. Um, he didn't sing on Black Swan this time around, but, but he will next time. 
Right. Oh, you mean there's another record? Yes, there'll be another record. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah, so um, Matt came in and he really brought the thunder. He listened to the songs uh, as he got them from Jeff and he came in with a bunch of ideas and he just he just tore. The drums are really strong and powerful. They are. Some really interesting stuff. So that added to the whole thing. We were going, man, this is, this is just great. So... Yeah, we we were a bunch of kids on the block. We were having a blast listening to this stuff back and going, "Wow, did we just do that?" You know. Sure, I bet. And I, and, and it sounds like you guys actually recorded this together. Like everybody was present to record this. No, we didn't. No. We didn't actually. Um, Jeff laid the groundwork um, whenever Red would uh, be able to come into town, and they would they would track all the guitars. Um, he would track his bass. And I and he had the drum machine uh, programmed. I would come in uh, with my ideas, and I would say, "Look, I I, I want Reb's guitar here to do this. Move that around here because Pro Tools is wonderful, you know." Right. Um, and so we were able to fix arrangements, and I'd come in with changes, and Jeff would listen to what I was introducing to him, and we'd make some changes to that. I would step up to the microphone on the day record all my vocals, do as much backing vocals of myself that I could do and put it down. Say, okay, one down, let's go to the next. And that's basically how we did it. All four of us were never in the same room at the same time. Interesting. Um, yeah, it is. It is. Because- but, but what was good and different than what a lot of people do, you know, we weren't sending finished files to somebody and I wasn't singing in my front room. I was actually in the studio doing all my vocals and Reb, when he did his guitars came also to the studio as did Matt. Okay. Then so, that, then that's um, what it know, is. We, we, we weren't, we weren't, we weren't uh, recording uh, onto files that were sent via, you know, so these, these all, this was all done through the same equipment, same board, all basically done in the same uh, studio. And we just, it just, you know, I wasn't there when the drums were going down. Um, but I was there for most of the other stuff. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that that's probably what makes the difference because a lot of records now, you know, because like we just were saying, people do, you know, one guy's in one place, one guy's in another place. Yeah. And sometimes it works, but sometimes it also does, the vibe is a little different. It seems a little it's detached. A little sterile. It's a little sterile. Yeah. Um, and, and this. I think that's where we got that sort of energy. And I mean, I'd be singing right. and Pilsen would be in the control room and, Oh, good God. We would just laugh through so much of the stuff. And, and there was that face-to-face um, uh, productivity going on, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and he'd go, sing this. And I'm going, no, I'm not going to sing that. I can't sing that. He goes, yes, you can sing it. Right, right. <laughs> and we would just have a hoot. And then we'd stop and start talking about, you know, stories that we'd both witnessed and forget, the, you know, and then back to work. And, and, and it was killer. It was, it was just a good time. A really good time. That's that's wonderful. And then uh, speaking of the songs, um, I know in the press release for this record, there was mention of a song that Jeff started writing after having seen the Queen movie Bohemian Rhapsody. Correct. Yeah. It does United not divided. That's yeah. okay. And that was going to be my guess. You 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 gave it away too quick for me because it didn't it didn't Sorry. say which song. And when yeah. I heard United divided United. I thought, I'll bet you 
that's the song that he created after seeing that movie. Um, and that song is phenomenal. I love the build yeah, in that it's song. Amazing. I love yeah, that. It is amazing. I love the way it starts out quieter, kind of like for sort of like yeah. the divided portion and then it kind of yeah. ramps up yeah. and then explodes in the United section. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, it is, it, it is amazing. It's a great piece of music. It is. So that's the one. Okay. Yeah. That, that was my guess. Yeah. Yeah, I came, I was in the studio, I can't remember what I was singing, and, you know, during one of our yakking sessions, I went, hey, have you been seeing the Queen movie yet? And he goes, no, but if you hurry up, I can go see it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and so he took his family out, and, uh, oh my God, I think it was about midnight the same night, I'm getting all of these text messages from Pilsen, and he's sending me a file, and I'm going, what the hell is he doing? You know, he's supposed to be out of the movies. He's supposed to be out of the movies. And he goes, oh, dude, saw the movie. Oh, what an inspiration. This is incredible. And I came straight back home, sat at the grand piano, and I thought, okay, okay, just let it go. So he started writing, came up with a melody, and he goes, what do you think? Let me know. Call me back. Let me know what you think. And he was just like, you know, on fire. And right. Pilsen, if you know Jeff Pilsen, he is 24-7. He's on 10. This guy has got so much energy. It's, it's, how can you not feed off it? You know? So sure. he's texting me and he's sending me a file. My wife's going, you know, it's midnight. And I'm going, yeah, but not in rock and roll terms. It's nothing, <laughs> you know? And, and, uh, so I'm listening to this thing quickly and I'm going, wow, this is really, really cool. I text him back and I said, I'll see you tomorrow. And he goes, you're not supposed to see me. I said, I'll see you tomorrow. Take some time. So I came up to him and I'd already spent the morning listening to it. He had sung a, a, his guide vocal to it, and um, and I said, you know, you can sing this if you want. I don't. I really doesn't matter to me. And he goes, no, hell no, you singing it, you know. So I said, well, I I changed a couple of small things that suits me better, and so I laid it down. And he goes, oh my god, this is just this is just this is better than I thought it was going to be. He goes, do you think it fits the record? And I went, hell yeah. And he goes, okay, so that was part one. Then we have part two to write, and. As I said, Pilsen's on 10 once he gets going. So he had ref, Red work on a, he said, I want a riff. I want a really heavy uh, riff that's going to just roll right through the end of the song, has to pick up the whole thing, and then we go from part A to part B. Right. And Reb came up with a killer riff um, that gets right at the very end of the United Divided. And mm-hmm. um, then Jeff had a lyric and a melody for that, and I went, well, I I wouldn't sing it that way because my range is different. So then I went, this is how I would do it. He goes, go for it. Have at it. So I put down what you hear. And um, we thought, this is just, this is just great. This yeah. is great. It's, it's different enough. And it's, uh, it's, it's a standalone piece of music. It's just, it's wonderful. Yeah. So you're, so you're telling me after he saw the movie, not only did he come up with the musical portion the for at least the first part of it he wrote lyrics too all that came yes, pouring out all at once yeah yeah wow. he wrote the whole thing yeah <laughs> that's yeah that's Put amazing the whole thing down yeah amazing amazing yeah wow and i added a couple of things but just just from my own type of phrasing but yeah that's 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 a jeff Coulson thing yeah well that, and then we just we just brought our stuff to the table and went okay this is what i would do with it and uh and off to the races 
there's yeah. a, almost a pun for Queen, a day at the races. A day at the races, <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, you got to tell Jeff that this thing is amazing again because I, I was so glad that I didn't hear that song before I got the record because I like to yeah. sit and listen to one from start to finish as opposed to a song here, a song there. I like to hear the whole piece of work. And so when that song, the way it started out, I wasn't expecting the way it changed four minutes, three and a half, four minutes into yes. it. And yeah. um, it, it, I was just blown away by that. It's awesome. Oh yeah. And for me, one of the, uh, uh, um, one of the best, uh, one of the best vocal songs anybody's ever done. Just, just, and Randy said, he goes, dude, what about those surfy vocals in the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, yeah, sounds just like you. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's good. All good stuff. And another thing about all these songs, too, the choruses, I don't know how you guys came up with them because they're all so, like, memorable. Like, every one uh, kind of sticks I'm, in I'm your head. A, I, I used to get criticized a lot during the Macaulay Schenker days that I, I destroyed Michael Schenker's uh, songwriting. And I love melody. I love I love good hooky memorable melodies and, and, and a hook line to go with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just, I don't work on that. It's just something that just, you know, I hear it. I hear it. Like for example, when, when they send me, they send me this piece of music and I'm going, Oh man, I just love this. And I, I love the way that Reb got this sort of howling wolf sound at the top of this intro. Mm-hmm. And I was telling my wife about it and she's going, Oh, here he goes. And, and I love vampire movies, right? So I came back to Jeff, and I'm saying to him, dude, how did he get that sort of howling wolf thing at the beginning of, of this track? And I said, by the way, it's all about vampires. And he's going, how much coffee have you had? Because there's no wolf. There's no howling wolf at the beginning. And I went, yes, yes, there is. Can you hear it? And that song turned out to be Immortal Souls. You know? Gotcha. And I, I was convinced I could hear this damn wolf howling at the beginning of the song and I went whether he likes it or not this is this is, this is my vampire moment <laughs> <laughs> and um, and that song pretty much stayed just like it was and the same goes for uh, you know my son that actually sang on the record uh, my son Casey who's uh, taking his EMT class by the way and we're very proud of him right now he wants to be a EMT slash firefighter so oh good uh, man first, that's admirable yeah first first responder yeah awesome um but that ties into the story because, uh, you know, we have that horrendous massacre here in, in Southern California at the, uh, at the borderline grill where, you know, ex-servicemen shot up 12 students and about three of them were very good friends of his. Oh no, I'm sorry. And most of the, yeah, most of the college kids, uh, we used to go to this place and just do line dancing just for fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, he was there the week before he was on his there on his way there on that fateful night and got called into work because college student, you know, he's a part-time job. Right. And, um, I was in Poland, I think with Schenker at the time. And I saw the headlines and some of the guys had seen it and they're coming to me going, is this anywhere where you close to where you live? And I went, Oh my God, it's like 25 minutes. If that, you know? Wow. And, um, Casey was on his way there, so um, when they sent me some music, which they had some some other idea for melody and lyrics, and I turned it into "When Johnny Comes Marching," and that whole song turned into a song about you know 
uh, ex ex service men and women who come home uh, feeling a little disgruntled, you know, mm-hmm. with the PSD syndrome and and uh, um, don't get proper counseling and God knows whatever, sure, you know, and and now you have a whole bunch of college kids that, you know, have lost their lives and their parents and their families and God help us. So I came right. up that whole song was centered was centered around around that. So that's what inspired it. I didn't know if it was, you know, yeah. going back yeah, to Afghanistan pretty, or what, you know, where no, you were coming from. No, it's pretty compelling and it's 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 pretty and unfortunately we see so much of it, you know. Um so yeah, that's, that's where awful. the inspiration for that came, so yeah. And speaking yeah. of inspiration, we, how about uh, Sacred Place? What uh oh, what inspired that one? Place. Yeah, well, you know, um, you know, I, I, I remember back in the, when I wrote was writing the Save Yourself record with with um, with with uh, Michael. Um, I had a habit of of writing in the the third party lyrics, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember our producer at the time, Frank Filippetti, would always say to me, "No, you need you need to write in the first party. Write it like it's about yourself." So over the years, I developed a style of of drawing from either personal experiences or other people's experiences and, uh, and sort of whittling them down into, into creating the idea that it's, you know, all very personal and it works better when, when you're songwriting because it's more heartfelt and, uh, yes, I love writing. I love writing ballads. Um, I just do. Um, it's kind of in my wheelhouse when, when I hear a piece of music and I, I called Jeff and I went, this, this is going to be great. I just, I just, I just have a feeling. And I came in, and there's a funny story that follows it. Serafino heard the uh, Serafino at Frontiers record heard the the rough mix, and I remember he said, "Oh my God, if this was this is so good, if this was 1988, I think I'd be buying everybody a Ferrari." And I went, "Well, it, well, it's not 1988, and so I guess we'll have to settle for a Ford Focus." <laughs> Um, and it's just a really, it's just a really pretty, pretty love song. Um, and it's, it's, I think we all feel it, you know, we've all, all been through it. And, um, the same goes for, we had a single released on uh, another single ballad released on, on Valentine's day. uh, Does that make Make it It there? Yeah. Make it there. And, uh, I was actually not feeling very well. I wasn't sick sick but i had like a really chesty cough and coming down with a cold and a flu and i shouldn't actually have been at the studio um and i said to jeff you know i shouldn't really be here i don't feel great um but i really want to get this idea down before before i forget it so that became make it there and um jeff said wow dude i'm speechless and he said you know maybe you should be sick when <laughs> when you sing when you sing every track, he said because this is really this is powerful stuff, and uh, that was another one that kind of just stayed just like it was written. And um, uh, on the um, on the Japanese uh, release of the CD, there's actually an acoustic version of that um, oh. that's re- that's also really really cool. And Red plays uh, some amazing stuff acoustic guitar wise and it's just uh yeah that's that's a gorgeous song although i say so myself it's it's, it's really cool no it is yeah. it is yeah it's really cool yeah a I, lot of people have actually been reposting that during this uh 
awful virus times um, and using the title as don't worry people we can make it there we can make it there <laughs> I like it I like it I think, cool. I think I'll have to follow suit I'll do that on my Facebook too <laughs> yeah please <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a great song, and you know, talking about <clears throat> singing, and you weren't feeling that well, a little bit of a cold and everything. I have to say, your voice when I first heard uh, "Shake the World" was the first song I heard from Black Swan, and I thought to myself, boy, I got to go back now and listen to some of the Macaulay Shanker stuff because it's been a while. But if I'm not imagining it, I think his voice sounds better than ever. So I did. I went back and listened to the Save Yourself record. And then immediately went back to the Black Swan song. And I'm like, he is singing better than ever. And that amazed me because a lot of times as we age, our voice isn't quite as good. And yours seems even more strong, more powerful, just absolutely amazing. So my question is, what do you do to protect your voice? Um. I don't talk for an hour on the phone. <laughs> Except today. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, I guess, I don't know if I do anything special. Um, you know, it's my instrument, so I have a responsibility as far as I'm concerned to always be ready um, when that green light goes on. Mm -hmm. um, or sometimes it's a red light. Um, and... Um, I suppose the fact that I, I also, I use it all the time. So, you know, like a good athlete, you know, you're, 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 you're training your muscles and, and it is, it is your vocal cords are like a muscle, you know, mm -hmm. the more you use them and use them properly, um, the stronger you get. And of course with singing five nights a week and, um, then leaving to tour with, with somebody like Michael Schenker, it's a very different animal. You know, right. um, doing a Vegas show, which is essentially covering classic rock songs from the Eagles to the Foreigner to Queen to Journey to Free and all of that sort of stuff. And Journey right. um, to going out and doing a, a different, a very, very different kind of show, a very different kind of material with Michael Schenker. You have to be able to make that transition and, and still be able to do your job. So I take enormous care. Um, as a, as a, as a vocalist to make sure that I'm always ready to, to do that. So do I do anything special? Um, normally I, I, you know, my wife always goes, I can't hear you. What did you say? So mm -hmm. I, I speak really quietly as, as a habit. Um, I've never smoked in my life. Not that that helps a lot of vocal because I know a lot of vocalists who do smoke right. and drink heavily and they seem to get along <laughs> Okay, um, that just doesn't suit me. Right, it's just not for me. Not for me. It's never been for me. So um, that's yeah. what I do. I do vocal exercise. I, I do the warm ups. I do the warm downs. Um, I, I I have a technique, um, and I, I think probably I sing correctly. I hope that's not too pompous, but I think it's because I I, I sing correctly. I, I don't abuse my voice. I don't. I, I sing. I sing from the right place. You know. Had you ever taken vocal lessons that taught you oh, yeah, many, how to many, sing many, properly? Many, yeah, many years ago. Many, right at the beginning of uh, uh, all of them call the Shanker stuff, I, I, I went through a whole phase of uh, you know learning how to do it properly so that when you would tour, you weren't going to crack 
on the first night, which is really important, of course, you know. Right. And then you uh, flying is really bad for the for the vocals because the air on the plane. It's mm-hmm. I don't like AC in the car, all of that sort of stuff, you know. Right. Um. So I, I I'm always very cognizant of what it is that I'm doing and what it is that I have to do vocally so that I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems it seems to work for me. You know, obviously you get tired. And fatigue, and sure. and that plays that plays havoc with the voice because it's the first place it's going is to your vocal cords, you know. But I try to um, I try to work around that. So, well, it, so so far so good. Yeah, as I say, it's working, Robin. Yeah, <laughs> so far so good. If it, you know what they say, if it, if it works, don't fix it, right? Right, right. But you know, you know your voice obviously better than anyone. I mean, would you agree that the way the vocals sound on this Black Swan? Do it is even stronger than ever? Yeah, I, there's no question. My range is better than it ever was. Um, I have more vocal power. Um, but uh, there is also another thing, you know, as uh, knowing what I'm capable of, and that's all that I do. So I work within the parameters that I know. I can, I can, I can be right there. I can be at 100%. Uh, and, and especially when I write my own melodies, and my lyrics, mm-hmm. my phrasing is a little bit different than the next guy. So I, I write in an area that suits my style. So I'm always able to step up and go, yep, that sounds just like him. Because, you know, you, 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 you develop your own technique and my own type of phrasing. And, um, you know, I always, we had this discussion, actually, Jeff and myself, that, you know, there's, there's sometimes, you know, you have to, you have to hit a note, and and the vowel sound can affect it greatly. You know, where if it's a different vowel sound, I might just hit it bang right on the money. And right. because it's a different vowel sound, it might be a little bit more difficult because the positioning is is different and the 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 air is different. And there's a lot of you know all the techniques that go in that I use anyway to make it to make it easier. So I work I work within my parameters and and I try to do the best that I'm within my capabilities, you know? Right. You know, there, there are definitely better singers. There's no question about that. But, but when, when, when I'm singing, it has to work. I work with, with the tools that, that I are available to me. So right. that's just how, how I make it work. I don't know if any of that makes any sense, but no, I, I, I get it. I get it. But yeah, it's just, it's incredible. I just, I, I love it. And speaking of Michael Shanker, uh, for a minute, um, you mentioned, you know, you've been doing the Michael Shanker Fest stuff. Now, when the Michael Shanker Fest came around, was that the first time you've worked with him since the Macaulay Shanker stuff? Oh, no. No, we did uh, we did a lot of work over the years. He did some different records, and he would always send me a track uh, to write uh, lyrics and melodies to. And so I have tracks spread out over a lot of stuff that he's done over the years. As always, always in as a guest vocalist. Plus, every time he would come in, most every time he would come in and perform around the NAM show down in, in Anaheim every year that goes on in, in January. Right. Um, he performed at a lot of those. He would call me, and it was easier to pick up like the U.S. guy, right? Sure. As opposed to bringing bringing the whole band in. And um, he would call me, and then people would immediately start speculating, oh, my God, we're going to see a reunion. And that was never the intention. And then 2012, um, we did a whole U.S. tour together, um, and then the speculation and all of the you know the what ifs 
questions were going on and will it happen? And right. again, it was never the intention. It was purely for the purpose of, uh, you know, bringing in the local guy. And of course I know all the material. So right. <laughs> um, it was, it was an obvious choice. And, um, on a more regular basis, of course, we get back to Schenkerfest, uh, which really kicked in about four years ago now, um, when it was first introduced to me for uh, Sweden Rock. Mm-hmm. And I went in, I went in, and we did we headlined Sweden Rock and um, got to perform with Gary Bardens and, and uh, Graham Bonnet, and of course he brought Chris Lenn in from his early MSG days. Mm-hmm. And Steve Mann, who who was keyboard player and guitar player with Macaulay Schenker, and our latest, uh, our poor Ted McKenna, of course, uh, who passed away right. last January. Um, and the promoters loved it, and it kind of had a domino effect after that, and they started billing us on, on more festivals, and suddenly we're touring. Um, you know, we have a two and a half hour show and we're going, yo, will people stick around? <laughs> and people absolutely, people loved it because, you know, we transitioned from, as I said earlier, from all of those different phases that each singer uh, worked together with Michael on. And, and um, you know, you have something like 35, maybe 40 songs in a two and a half hour period. Sure. And, and there's no breaks and, and you know, Easier for the singers because we get to come and go where the band is, uh, they're stuck, man. If they need to go for a pee, they're stuck with it. They have to stay up there for two and a half hours. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, and Michael, Michael is playing probably better than I've ever seen him. He's absolutely on fire. He's very focused. He talks to the crowd, which he never used to do. Talks, yeah. I, was saying, I never saw yeah. him talk. Anytime yeah. I saw him in concert, right? <laughs> and he even he even he even sings on some of the songs. So people are going, "Is he okay?" And I'm going, "You know what? People are never happy with Michael Schenker. If he talks, you're wondering why he's talking. Is he okay? If he doesn't <laughs> talk, you're wondering, is he okay? He's not talking to anybody. So, so you know, he has this he has this uh, unique mystery about him all the time, and that's sure. that's. That's what makes him. That's who is Michael Schenker, you know. Right. You know, listen to his guitar playing. That speaks for itself, you know. Exactly. It sure does. It sure yeah. does. I, I love all that material that he's been part of from everything he's done, whether it's UFO, oh, yeah. Scorpions, all the MSG stuff. And as you mentioned uh, to me earlier, I hadn't thought about it, that this year is 40 years of yes. MSG. I, I hadn't really yes, thought about that. And it's an incredible legacy, you know, and, and um, unfortunately with this uh, damn virus, we've had some cancellations, but we will reschedule and uh, we will get to celebrate all of that. And, and uh, he's got some surprises in store. In fact, um, for the Japanese tour, which, which has been sold out for several months, um, we were bringing in or he was bringing in um, Simon Phillips in addition to to our other drummer, oh, wow. Shaw. So Simon was coming in to celebrate that period of, of uh, Michael Schenker group. And Ronnie Romero uh, is a guest vocalist on the, on, the, on the new album, Revelation. And Ronnie was coming into Japan, and Ronnie is, is scheduled also for the, uh, for the UK dates, which now are, are, are uh, cancelled for the, for, the, for the time being. And uh, Barry Sparks, who played 
based with UFO and early Michael Schenker group. So Barry is also coming out. So there's like very quick figure amount. I think there's like 10 people on stage. Wow. You know, wow. obviously not all at the same time, apart from the end, because I'm sure everybody will be up there at the end. But um, yeah, so that's quite a feat all by itself, just to uh, to to get that machine rolling and to put all of those people in place. And I can tell you that they rehearsed for weeks in the UK prior to uh, the cancellation right. on the Japanese dates, which were cancelled. Uh, we were scheduled to start uh, to move out on March 6th. So they put weeks and weeks of uh, slogging into the rehearsals of trying to get this thing running really smoothly for the purpose of a big show. Right. And um, we will have to revisit all of that now, of course, you know. Yeah, I can't imagine what a nightmare it'll be to get everything rescheduled. Well, it is because, you know, uh, logistically we're all over the place, you know. You're all over the um, place. You do different things in addition to yeah. this. I mean... Yeah, he, getting calendars to line up amongst many people is never an easy task at all. <laughs> no, no, it is. It isn't. But but we make it work. You know, we, we make it work, and we will. Well, I hope so. Yeah, I hope this all passes soon, and everybody can get back to their business. Um, yeah, and, you know what I what I like to tell people, uh, Ralph, is this is not the end of the world. You know, I didn't get the memo, so I know it's not anytime soon. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> right. And then talking about touring, uh, I have to ask, I don't imagine this will happen, but any chance of Black Swan going out together? There's the million-dollar question. Um, you know, we talk about it and have been talking about it um, ever since this uh, album came out on Valentine's Day. And um, scheduling will be difficult um, because of what each of us do. Right. Um, you know, our, our regular day jobs are, are, are full-time, full-time. Um, Jeff did inform us that come the middle of September, uh, Foreigner will start to slow things down for the remainder of the year, but I'm not sure about Reb. I mean, Reb was supposed to be in Japan right now too with Whitesnake. So mm -hmm. that got pulled, which means that has to be rescheduled. So any foreseeable, um, uh, opening that we may have had come the end of the year may now be completely uh, taken up with rescheduling. So right. um, Black Swan has made it very clear um, collectively that we absolutely want to take this out onto the stage. Um, as you well know, uh, tours are just dates by themselves. Um, they take time. They take planning. There's a bunch of uh, promoters um, who came right out the gate as soon as they heard the record and went, we want this. We want Excellent. to make this work. What is it going to take to do this? How do we get it done? Um, scheduling comes up immediately. Um, so they're sitting, figuring it out, whether it'll be festivals, um, uh, tagging on along with a tour, or if we go out and bring a band with us, uh, all of the same sort of uh, um, um, strategies that, that, that occur with, with any, any, any live date. Right. Um, but the so as soon as we figure, yeah, as soon as we figure that out, <laughs> I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do. Well, it, it's good to know though that at least you have promoters' interest because obviously the business side, if nobody's willing to take a chance yes. booking it, you, yeah, we have you can't a do it anyway. 
So we have a bunch of promoters that just came straight out. I mean, straight out the gate. I was getting text messages. I was getting emails, and as was Jeff, um, and as were the record labels. And every one I got, I just forwarded them. I went, this this can't be my call because it's too big an animal. And right. so they've contacted everybody. Everybody wants in. Uh, everybody's going, I can do it this way. I can do it that way. So mm-hmm. it's it's fun playing playing with that um, <laughs> to, make it, to, to make it work, to make it work. Because right. ultimately, ultimately uh, when we all four of us say, I'm free at the same time, we we will we'll get the green light on it. Excellent. You know? Well, that's great. I mean, at least we know there's that possibility because I figured with the schedules you all have, there probably was you know zero talk of of being yeah, able to play live. Yeah, a lot of people live. have have contacted me and said, okay, so this is very typical of uh, Frontiers music that they will they will bring a collaboration together, knowing full well that there's never a chance we'll ever see this live because everybody's busy with other things. Right and we don't want that to happen. Red made a very strong point. You know, you can't just rehearse all of this material for one show. So it it has to, it has to work uh, as part of a package or uh, it has to work as a series of dates. So you can't just, it's just too much logistically again, sure. because we're all over, the, all over the place. We can't just do all of this rehearsal and then just do one show. So, um, um, it will come together when 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 uh, when we can figure all that out for sure. Oh well, that's great. I'm glad to know there's at least that possibility. If the stars align, we'll have it. Some yeah. live black. Song. And I want I want I want to perform those songs live because they're they're just kick ass. Well, and that's <laughs> and that's what I hear in my head. Yeah, when I when I listen yeah. to the record, no. I'm like, man. And that big, yeah. the big design, like you guys had posted on the Black Swan Facebook page. Uh, I don't know, maybe it was last week. I saw it or a couple of weeks ago, asking for your favorite song off the record. And right. I saw that, but I did not respond to it because I can't decide really because they're all so <laughs> powerful. Um, but big disaster, I, I guess probably if I had to pick one as far as how it would sound live with that chorus is just so strong. <laughs> I mean, they yeah, all are, no, but. No. Not to mention how poignant it is right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, well, yeah, I mean, you think about the timing of this record, Shake the World, our world is that. definitely shook, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Big disaster. Yeah, right? We definitely we have that going on. We, we do. do need to shake the world up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I posted earlier today or yesterday, I reposted uh, the link to Big Disaster, and I said, don't say we didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. You guys right? are prophets, man. Yeah, I know, right? We are. <laughs> There's a good name for a band, Prophet. <laughs> yeah, there used to be one in Chicago many, many years ago. I don't think it went anywhere, but we did have a band with right. that name. Well, yeah, I'm sure there was. You know, we came up with uh, we came up with some of the most god awful names before uh, Black Swan was actually chosen. And what we discovered was that these god awful names were already taken by other bands. <laughs> That's so there's funny. a bunch of bands out there with these awful names, you know, that we thought would oh, that'd be a cool name. And we're going, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> well, picking a band name, I think, is so, so hard because you don't know what really sounds good. I mean, you know, I remember when I was a little kid and I first started getting into bands like Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin, you know, my mom would be like, right. man, what kind of name is that? You know, and yeah. then 
And then after a little while, like the names became like, you know, that's actually a really cool name, you know, but it doesn't necessarily stand out right away that, hey, this is a good name. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's, there's something even more ironic, you know, not to mention uh, some of the um, song titles and lyrical content of, of a lot of the songs on the record. But the name Black Swan also alludes to uh, the stress on, on an economic uh, world. <laughs> it's called a black swan. <laughs> oh, really? I don't, I don't think I've, I've heard, heard that yeah, Google before. that one. I... Yeah, go Google that one. Google that one. You'll be going, oh, my God. So, yeah, we did get the memo, and we were way ahead of the, <laughs> way ahead of the curve, as they say. Way ahead. Yeah, that's, it is. It, that's strange. That yeah. is So that when is you strange. get done, when you get done, Google the... Uh, what 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 uh, the name Black Swan does to an economy? So I, I'm definitely going to do that. I, I got to check weird. that out. <laughs> yeah, people are very quick to point it out. Is that what you did? You know about this, dude? And I'm going, of course I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it it really is. It it is kind of funny with what's happened. How the you know, unless we change, yeah. you could tie that song probably into what's happening oh, now too. You know. Oh, you hit yes. You definitely hit the nail on the head with that one, and that's exactly where where that one was aimed. You know, mm -hmm. exactly where that one was aimed. And, and uh, when I came to Jeff with that, he goes, boy, you got a lot of stuff to talk about. He goes, there's always a story. And I went, yep, there's always a story, you know. Indeed. And it's, it's kind of biblical and it's in, in how it how it originates, you know. Mm -hmm. and, um, and and we really haven't changed that much. We, it's, it's a constant. It's a constant struggle, you know. You mean it's as far as our world, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a constant struggle. It's forever going, yeah, we got to change this. And then we change it until something else goes on until something. And it's just, just how we evolve, you know, as humans, it's, yeah. we're never satisfied. We, we like to build up and tear down very quickly. You know, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Cause I mean, even, yeah. you know, you think of some of the lyrics, uh, some of the words that you have in, unless we change, you know, the city's burning, the mob is on the yeah. move and yeah. you know, that's, yeah. what, that's kind of what is happening at the grocery stores right now. I mean, come exactly on. You know? where, exactly. <laughs> where, again, again, I got the memo. <laughs> I, I, I'm in touch with the big man. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. All right, well, Robin, um, I know we we got to get this wrapped up here, um, but before I let you go, um, what should be the next Black Song, Black Swan song I feature on this podcast? Do you have a, a favorite or one that you say, "Man, play this song next"? Um, oh man, you know, I could go with a ballad, or I could go with you know something that uh, that's. Uh, well, here, I'll, I'll cut it down for you a little bit. So far on, on my podcast, I have featured the first four songs on the record. I haven't played songs 5 through 11 yet. Right. Well, why don't we stick with the ballad and give something warm and cozy to listen to with a positive message? Yeah, you know? and that's the one that we're going to share the video of anyway, right? So that works. Okay, yes. So let's go with Make, let's go with make It There. So. Okay, that will be the next song. In fact, I'll probably append it to this interview, depending on how long this is when we when we put it all together. But, Robin, I can't thank you enough for joining us today and spending some My time pleasure. talking. My and, pleasure, Ralph. Thank you very much. And I wish you great luck with everything. I hope your uh, rating the Rock Vault gets rescheduled uh, soon for you guys. And I hope that the stars align and we see Black Swan sometime uh, live. And... 
I, the Thank Shanker you. Fest dates too. I hope that all comes back together. It sounds like yeah, sounds you like know, t- Chicago is one of our favorite places to come through. So um, hit me up next time we come through. Yeah, for sure. Will do. All right, everybody, that's Robin McCauley. Black Swan is his latest piece of work, Shake the World. Fantastic album. If you haven't picked it up yet, please do so. You should buy this. I have physical copy. That's the best. They did a great CD booklet, lyrics, and everything included. So buy it. Black Swan, Shake the World. Thanks again, Robin. Thank you very much. You guys stay safe, stay healthy. God bless.